Hello, I'm David Attenborough, and this is Planet on the Left Side. We're all visitors, but when you're a fan of a football club, it's, it's, it's in you. We are very much into silly season right now when it comes to managerial sackings in football. Premier League bosses are dropping faster than charities are dropping Prince Andrew and it means we are also seeing another rather unique annual footballing phenomena. Once more, as is common at this time of year, we are seeing the rise of the proper football man. As dawn breaks... We catch our first glimpse of the proper football man, or PFM. This footballing throwback to a previous time is very much stuck in tradition. The adult male is given prominence on TV and radio talk shows where he is free to sound his familiar call. Quite extraordinary. It's strange that no matter how much football would appear to move on, there are certain TV pundits who insist on wheeling out the same old rhetoric whenever a vacant manager's job becomes available. And that is the idea that someone appointing a British manager in the guise of say Sean Dyche or Sam Allardyce or David Moyes, would in any way be a better idea than finding a talented manager from, say, a European country to take the helm. This year, the early sightings of the PFM came into season when Watford sacked Chico Flores, a decision that Tim Sherwood backed to the hilt, maybe because it would finally give those proper British players in the team time to shine. I think they've got goals in Troy Deeney. Bit of a bully up there, fantastic, love that. Good goalkeeper, Ben Foster. And they've got like Dawson, Cabcart. They've got real men in the side. They've got Tom Cleverley, Will Hughes, good British lads. That's the same good old British lads who have been playing for Watford so far this season. A season in which they sit bottom of the Premier League. He's right though, isn't he? I mean, good British lads who just get on and play football whilst all that foreign lot walk around eating onions, brushing the hair and stuff. Meanwhile, the English lads can get on with keeping the ball out of the net using their stiff upper lip and trying to score at the other end using their unusually high repression of sexual emotions. What? what? <laughs> Worryingly, it would seem that Watford have taken some notice. Despite usually favouring a Spaniard or an Italian, they've plumped for after considering Irish Chris Hutton, British Paul Clement, and so British he's probably got a bulldog tattooed on his knob Tony Poulis, before finally setting on the very British Nigel Pearson. Good old, no-nonsense Nigel Pearson. And his press conferences where he compares journalists to African animals. I mean, he could have picked a British animal, couldn't he? If you don't know the answer to that question, then I think you're, you, you, are, you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Does it get a bit sexy towards the end, that? Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? I mean, because if you are that flexible, I'm willing to pay. The PFM stuff really kicked up a gear, however, with the sacking of Marco Silva at Everton, which soon became a vacant job with which a whole load of the usual names were associated with. Big Sammy, David Moisey, and here's the thing. If you can't add an E onto the end of a manager's name, 
then the PFMs aren't interested, right? And it just doesn't work with foreign managers. Pep guardiola Rafa benitez it just doesn't work. So in amongst the usual British PFM type names, there's one name that's been causing quite a large amount of consternation. And that's Shanghai SPIG boss, Victor Pereira, a man who not many people know a great deal about. And here is why we have so much of that whole give it to a young English manager thing being quoted on TV and radio all the time. It's a default position. If you're on a TV show or a radio show and you've never heard of a manager, you can just roll out the same stock answer again and again and avoid sounding like a complete dick. Well, in their heads anyway. A case in point was the appointment of Pereira being discussed by Alan Brazil and Ali McCoist on Talk Sport this week. Who is he, Pereira? Give me, I've just told you, give he was him, former manager of Porto. He went to Alan You've never heard of him. You've never heard of him. Don't talk nonsense. You're spelling Germany with 1860 Munich, Alan. You're He's in China. It's very clear when you listen to that that Big Al has never heard of Pereira. And it would appear he's also never heard of Wikipedia, which I can 100% guarantee you that McCoist is very aware of and was looking at just moments before that conversation. So, who does Brazil think should get the gig? I warn you, this is quite predictable. Do you think Moise will get it? Uh, Moise, I think, will get it. Okay. Some Everton fans have come on already. No, no, no. Get lost, you idiots. Have they to look at the look table? Look where you are now. Yeah. Look at the table. Look with David Dunphy. I'm not having it. Get in there, David. Of course he bloody does. Here's a serious point, though. Could this fear of foreign bosses coming over here and taking our jobs be in any way connected with the rising number of racist incidents popping up in English football? And that, in turn, from a growing anti-immigration, anti-foreigner rhetoric in the UK right now, perpetuated mostly by politicians who seem to benefit from taking up such a position. I mean, I couldn't possibly comment on that. But Gary Neville can, and he certainly seems to think so. This is Genev after the Manchester derby this weekend, where one fan, and I use the word sparingly, was seen to make monkey gestures towards Manchester United midfielder Fred. And yeah, don't check your diary. It's almost 2020, by the way. Here's Gary Neville. Jane mentions about it being a societal problem. It absolutely is, because you're watching the Prime Minister's debate last night where a Prime Minister's talking about basically migration to the country and people coming into this country and having to have a certain level. It, it fuels it all the time. And essentially, it's something that's got worse in the last three years in this country, not just in football. I think Jamie's right on that. It's almost as if warning about 80 million Turkish immigrants flooding the country or describing Muslim women as letterboxes or describing black people as having watermelon smiles would, in some way, dehumanise people from different countries and build a feeling of negativity towards them, wouldn't it? Who'd have thought it? Maybe the politicians are to blame, which I think would appeal to a fair few football managers right now if we can start blaming footballing issues on politicians. Unai Emery can blame his terrible Arsenal tenure on Labour's failure to tackle anti-Semitism. I don't care, fam. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could probably point the finger of blame for United's poor form towards Maggie Thatcher's removal of free school milk. And Big Sam Allardyce can now say with confidence the reason he's never been given a big job at a big club is all down to the underfunding of local libraries. Bring it on here, lads. I think it's a great idea. Personally, I have never forgiven David Cameron sorry, for claiming sorry. he supported West Ham. Of course, I'd rather you supported West Ham. Um, um. <laughs> <coughs> and then Aston Villa. And I try and sort of keep up with what's happening in the Premier League and, and see how... 
how Villa are doing. And then West Ham again. I don't go very often. In fact, I haven't been for years and years, but I try and keep up. <laughs> it's a shame that this kind of stuff happens in football at any time, but particularly in a week that was supposed to promote kindness and compassion in the game, as Stonewall launched their annual Rainbow Laces campaign, a campaign to help raise awareness of LGBT plus issues in the sport. I thought it was a little bit of a shame we didn't see more pairs of rainbow laces on view across the Premier League, because there weren't that many. But on the other hand, West Brom went over and above and painted their anthropomorphic boiler mascot, Boiler Man, in rainbow colours to mark the occasion, which was brilliant, especially for those who support LGBT plus issues and like instantaneous hot water at the flick of a switch. But often at times like this, Support can come from just the strangest of places, and the most unexpected of places too. This is Graham Souness talking on Sky Sports. So, you know, you ask the question, why has no one ever came out? I think football has not created an environment where anyone would feel comfortable and confident about saying, look, I am gay. There must be, there is, there must be gay players and bisexual players playing in the Premier League. There has to be. But no one's felt comfortable enough to come out and say, look, this is me. It's, I can't answer it. Um, you can't answer it. It has to come from that, that individual to say, look, enough's enough. I want to be true to myself, true to my family. Here I am. And I think I came from a generation, from a, a time in our football where it was, it, I would, OK, I'll say it, extremely homophobic. You know, the banter in the dressing room. But 12 months ago, I came, say 12 months ago, nine months ago, I came down and took part in the parade here. And it was enlightening. It was a fabulous day out. And I found it extremely educational. And, and it was a thoroughly great day out. And I would, I would tell anyone if you, you know, if you um, want to learn more, come down here for that parade, and you, you'll go away with a completely different opinion. Are you feeling okay, Graham? Seriously, the world's gone officially insane. Arsenal have won a game. Football teams are working out how to beat Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, and Graham Souness is promoting kindness, compassion, and understanding. It is a clear sign that the world is coming to an end. Although we should probably be slightly cautious of where we are in the world right now when Graham Souness is being considered liberal in his views. Why are you looking like that? Do you not agree with me? Finally, before I go, as Christmas is just around the corner, here on the left side we have discovered the product for the man who thought he had everything. A product that we didn't even know existed until listening to Conor McNamara on BBC Five Live this week. Seaman Warwick's got his own warm cushion. Which I'm very impressed with, by the way. He's brought his own cushion. Yeah, I'll take a cushion so my yeah. bum doesn't get cold, you know, so my legs don't get cold. Yeah, yeah, you know, you hear like of, of classical musicians, you know, maybe violins insure their fingers or, you know, penis insure. You know, Stephen Warwick's chosen that it, it, a certain part of his body needs to be protected more than anything else. I'm sorry. What did you say? Classical musicians insure their fingers or, you know, penis insure. You know. Penis insurance. It's the thing we didn't even know existed and probably doesn't, but now we can't live without. So, if you are struggling for the perfect festive gift, why not consider gifting the one you love? Connor's Penis Insurance. Are you worried about your wang? Have you got concerns about your cock? Or do you just want to protect your pecker? You need to consider Connor's Penis Insurance. If you hold your member, Dear, then why not give it the safety it deserves with fully covered, optimum, premium penis insurance? Spilt coffee accidents? Stray free kick incidents? Or chill blains from cold stadium seats? 
we cover it all from just one pound per inch. Look after your prick and pick up Connor's penis insurance today. Your cock and balls may be at risk if you do not keep up payments on your penis insurance. Penis insurance and penis insurance limited is not a subsidiary of BBC Five Live or Connor McManara. Any resemblance to products existing in the current market is fucking ridiculous. I guess you could say we gave that the hard sell. Right, that is it from On The Left Side for this week. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another podcast. Make sure you click subscribe and we'll send you that podcast to whatever it is you use to listen to podcasts as soon as it's ready. You'll get a notification or you'll see a new show in your inbox or whatever it is. Just click subscribe now. It's free and it's the best way to keep up to date with the latest shows. Plus, give us a follow on Twitter at On The Left Side and we'll see you on social media too. Let us get us. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson and is not recommended for consumption while pregnant or driving or operating heavy machinery or attempting to make someone pregnant while driving heavy machinery. Your ears and mind may be at risk following prolonged exposure to this show. Ant and Jim reserve the right to refuse entry to anybody who doesn't give the show five stars on their podcast app. Judge's decision is final. No refunds. You know, politicians do have to think about what we say. And I think the trouble with Twitter, the instantness of it, is, is I think there's too many twits might make a twat. <laughs> <laughs>